Welcome to the ACC Tournament Edition of the Between the Banners post-game show. My name is Brandon Anderson, and as always, I'm joined here by Tanya Bondurant. The Tar Heels took down Louisville tonight in an 83-70 victory to move on to the semifinal round. Tanya, what are the main takeaways that you had from tonight's game? I thought that Kobe White was really, really good. Um, I thought that Carolina was able to win another game in which the three ball wasn't falling exactly the way that they would like it to. And I was really impressed with Kenny Williams on the defensive end. He didn't have an offensive performance like he did against Duke on senior night, but he was really important to the Tar Heels win. Yeah, both of those are definitely points that I wanted to hit on. Kobe White and Luke May both had 19 points. White ended up also finishing with seven rebounds and six assists. Luke May managed to finish with nine rebounds and one assist. Um, Tanya, Kobe White managed to find a way to have a strong performance despite the fact that in the previous two games he combined for, if I can recall correctly, about 12 points. In this game, he had 19. What do you think the difference was? Well, we went to the post-game press conference, and Kobe was talking about uh, what went right for him today that didn't go right for him in the previous two games against Louisville. And I think he said he was something like 1 for 18 from 3 against Louisville this year. He was 1 for 7 against them today. But the difference was instead of just letting it ride there, Kobe was really aggressive and drove to the basket, and that really paid off for him. That aggression uh, got him a number of and-ones, and I thought that that change in approach was really important in getting him to pretty close to triple-double territory. Yeah, and Roy Williams did mention that during the presser. He was saying that he's wanted his teams to attack, 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 and he loves a point guard that is able to do as such. And Kobe White is definitely every bit of what Roy Williams wants. But near the beginning of the season, he was very much attacking kind of recklessly, to say the least. But since then, he's made a lot smarter decisions and he seemed to pick his spots as when to take the ball to the basket. That showed up tonight. I think that was definitely big for him, especially since he tried the three ball again and it just wasn't working. So in the end, everything worked out. Uh, Luke May, he kind of had a quiet 19 points, I almost feel like, but at the same time, not really, because it seemed like People were finding him in just the right spots, and he was managing to get up some pretty nice jumpers off the baseline and things like that. Um, Tanya, was that kind of what you were seeing? I think what might have made his 19 feel kind of quiet was that almost all of them came in the second half. Cam Johnson didn't score a point in the second half, and Luke really picked up that slack. Uh, going to the locker room at halftime, Cam was actually the team's leading scorer, and then he didn't get to, uh, he didn't get any points 
after halftime. But the second half was when May really found a different gear and and got into action. Um, That was also kind of what happened with Kobe. Kobe had a lot of first half points, not quite as many second half points. So I feel like Luke was definitely important down the stretch. Definitely, definitely. And just to go over a few more quick stats, Cam Johnson finished the game with 14 points and went 6 of 12 from the field, 2 for 3 from three-point land. Brooks had 11 points, went 4 for 5. And Brandon Robinson finished with 7 points and finished with a 100% efficiency from the field. Take that, Zion Williamson. On another note, Kenny Williams managed to lock down Jordan Wara tonight, and Tanya, he just keeps doing these little things to help out the team in a really big way, and we can argue that playing really good defense isn't necessarily little, but what were you seeing from that standpoint with Kenny Williams, and do you think that's something that he'll be able to repeat tomorrow night when they take on Duke? Honestly, I feel like for Kenny, it was just more of the same thing we've seen out of him most of this year. He wasn't really scoring, but he was finding many ways to help the team defensively. Uh, We've seen him lock down R.J. Barrett. Um, He had the tough task to lock down Wara tonight. Um, Wara was really good against Notre Dame, and he was fifth in the ACC in points per game. Uh, He scores 17.5 points per game on average. But Kenny held him to seven points. Uh, He was three for eight from the field, one for four from three, and then he also committed four turnovers. And I think you have to attribute at least a few of those to Kenny as well. Uh, It was just a really strong performance from the senior, and I think it's exactly what we've come to expect of him. I don't see why we can't expect that from him again tomorrow night in the semifinals. Yeah, I definitely expect him to have a repeat performance tomorrow. The one thing that I'm wondering if he can repeat is the shooting performance that he had against Duke in the second game. Tonight he was only one for eight from the field, didn't make a three-pointer, but as we just discussed, everything else looked really good for him, so... Hopefully, we'll at least get that much. Anything that he's able to add will, of course, be a bonus. But this team's going to need as much as they can or are able to get. Because, Tanya, Zion Williamson is back. And he went 13 for 13 from the field tonight. Um, I don't even know what to say about this kid anymore, but... In terms of Duke as a whole, what does UNC have to do to come away with a win and complete the sweep that will include the asterisk-less win? I think the thing that gives me hope is that Syracuse didn't play particularly well, and they were still close. They didn't have Tyus battle, so I guess that's an asterisk of its own. Um, But they they didn't play spectacularly, and uh, it was... It was a pretty close game until the end. So that gives me hope because I think that Zion Williamson was 100% from the field, and, and that's really difficult to do. I think where it's going to pay off for Carolina is making him and Duke as a whole run up and down the court as much as possible because it's very difficult 
for teams to stay in a track meet with Carolina. And I think that will particularly be the case because in the past two games against Duke, Duke has looked pretty gassed um, after a while. Um, And I think that that could be extra prevalent with Zion Williamson coming back from a knee injury because he's probably not in the most peak shape at the moment. So if Carolina can make them run and get out in transition, and in transition seemed to be where Duke was struggling against Syracuse, I think the Tar Heels can really make them pay for it. I 110% agree about the Blue Devils looking gassed. Um, And that's something that Jake Lawrence, um, one of our writers, mentioned in our Slack channel tonight as well. Zion started to look a bit tired after a while against Syracuse, and so we have to wonder what his conditioning is going to be like. But one of the things that I have a hard time seeing this being a thing tomorrow night against Duke is Cam Reddish had to shoot at an extremely high volume in both games. Um, The most recent one, he shot 6 for 23, was 3 of 12 from 3, and Really, a lot of his points actually came from free throws. There are definitely more points that came from field goals just as a whole. But, um, you know, he the 8 for 10 from the free throw line, that's, that's a lot of Carolina fouling him and, you know, giving him those extra scoring opportunities. I would imagine that his volume of shots is going to be cut into by Zion. Um Really, it's going to be one of those things where you have to limit Reddish. You have to do your best on Barrett, which we can imagine that Kenny Williams is going to be on him again. And when it comes to Zion Williamson, I think the goal is to just try to guard him without fouling and also try to avoid letting him cause havoc on the defensive end and force turnovers. I think it's already kind of showing up for Reddish because in the Syracuse game, he was two for seven from the field. Six of those were three-pointers. He only scored seven points. So you can easily see that, like, he's not having to be as involved in the offense. If that's true tomorrow night, that's one fewer person to worry about. Um, I think that we were kind of right when – we were talking about the first Duke game before Zion got hurt. He's he's going to do what he does. It's it's cutting down everyone else. You can't let Alex O'Connell torch you from three. You can't let Cam Reddish take a bunch of shots that put him in double figures. That's seem that seems to be how you can stop Duke because it's going to be very difficult to stop Zion, especially if he is having an otherworldly game like he did against Syracuse. The thing is that he has a very tough time doing it by himself, and if you can limit his teammates' opportunities, he he can't he can't do everything. Making his teammates beat you is definitely the name of the game. Well, that's going to do it for us. This has been the Between the Banners post-game podcast live from Charlotte. Follow us at Tar Heel Blog for all of your ACC tournament coverage needs we'll be back at the spectrum center tonight when the tar heels try to take on the asterisk duke blue devils we'll talk to you soon